Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack-A-Day Podcast. We're going to get to our main topic in just a moment, but before we do so, Lucas Van Ness officially finalized his contract with the Packers, or the Packers officially finalized their contract with Lucas Van Ness, depending on how you want to look at it. Either way, he is officially signed, sealed, and delivered. No question that this was going to get done. This was not a major issue. There was no major roadblock in the way. These are pretty much, you know, just done before they're even done because there's not really any like holdout options anymore. Uh, The second round picks are the ones that are a little bit more challenging. So basically every year, it's like a few picks uh, later end up getting guaranteed. And we're now in like, I think like the middle of the second round-ish where contracts are getting more and more, you know, fully guaranteed contracts to the length of the contract. So always in the second round, there tends to be a little bit more of a push-pull between the agents and the the teams as to how much of that contract is actually going to end up being fully guaranteed. But first round picks and then basically anything third through seventh round are, are pretty much, like I said, done before they're done. It's just those second rounders that are a little bit more complicated at this point. So great to see Van is done. It was never really a question. That does leave the Packers two second round picks, both Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave as the only two that remain unsigned. No real concerns that those would not get done before training camp or anything like that. Like I said, it's a little bit more complicated with second round picks, but nothing I foresee being a major issue and don't foresee this being any sort of holdout sort of thing. So those should get done sooner rather than later. But as of right now, Packers still have two unsigned rookies, and that is Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave. But Lucas Van Ness officially done. All right, let's jump into the main topic. And today I'm going to be going over my 10 Packers who have been by far and away the biggest winners of this offseason so far. And you can look at this in a variety of different ways. Maybe some players that have had big off seasons, maybe the some Packers who have been beneficiaries of some moves that have been made. Like I said, we can look at this in a few different ways. I'm going to be looking at them through every lens possible, but let's kick things off right away with number one on the list, Jordan Love. 
And this isn't necessarily because, oh my God, he just had an incredible OTAs in many camps. He was chucking the ball everywhere, hitting dimes down the field. No, there's nothing like that. He had a nice OTA and a nice mini camp. Like I said before, I think it was overall more encouraging than discouraging. You know, it wasn't like massively encouraging where I'm like, wow, they've got the next Hall of Famer on their hands or anything like that. But overall, I left slightly more encouraged than anything else uh, after watching them this offseason. But more importantly, for Jordan Love, this could have gone just a slight degree difference. And this is a major issue for Jordan Love. If Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst and the Green Bay Packers maybe communicate just slightly better, Aaron Rodgers could be a Packer right now. And you could be going into this season with Aaron as the firm set, signed, sealed, delivered starting quarterback for this upcoming season. And if that's the case, what happens to Jordan? Because there had been some whispers and some rumblings that maybe he was going to ask out of Green Bay. If the Packers did come to the conclusion that Aaron Rodgers was going to be their quarterback this year, and maybe Aaron even committed to next year, like it seems like he hint, hint, nudge, nudge, you know, towards the New York Jets that he's probably going to be playing next year as well. If that all of a sudden becomes the case, if you're Jordan Love, you have a little bit of leverage. You might be saying, hey, I'm not resigning with Green Bay. Green Bay is probably not going to be able to franchise him. Like it just gets messy, right? And for Jordan, if he all of a sudden has to go to some other team, maybe some other team is interested in bringing him in as the starter. Maybe he goes to a Tampa Bay instead of a Baker Mayfield. Like there's a couple of places where he could have gone or at least been competing for the starting job. But now he has to learn an entirely new system, you know, go somewhere that he has no familiarity with, doesn't know the players, doesn't know the offense, doesn't know the cadence. That is a massive challenge. So now you've gone your first three years of your career, you've started one game, you finally get the opportunity to start, but wait, pump the brakes, Aaron's actually going to come back. So no, you don't. So they trade you elsewhere, maybe. And then if you get that opportunity, you have to go and earn it in a place that you're not familiar with in an offense. You're not like that becomes really yucky for Jordan Love. And instead of all that, or like even worse, like what if they just keep him? Now you're sitting behind Aaron for another season. Now you're four years into your career with what potentially one start under your belt. You become a free agent next year. What is the market for, for a player? Like, like it just gets super complicated for Jordan. So the fact that Green Bay did in fact trade Aaron and decided to go with Jordan Love and make him the starter, how else could you identify Jordan Love as anything other than a massive winner this, you know, this offseason so far? Now, what that means for Jordan and the Packers moving forward is very much, you know, up in the air and remains to be seen. Green Bay committed another season to Jordan Love with the contract extension that they gave him. I think that was ultimately a good deal for both sides. Gave Jordan Love a little bit of security, gave the Packers a little bit under what they would have if they guaranteed the fifth year option on his deal. So it ended up being a good deal for both sides. But Jordan still is going to have to go out and prove himself and show that he's a capable NFL starter if he wants anything more than that one season. So Jordan has a long way to go, but again, I just don't know how you could characterize this as anything but a win for Jordan Love this offseason so far. Number two on my list is a similar thought process, and that's Joe Barry. I know a lot of you had thought that Joe Barry would get fired at the end of the season. I know some of you are probably still hoping that Joe Barry would have been fired at the end of last season. It was kind of the expectation that a lot of people had is that Barry was going to be gone. That was the big change that they were going to make. They were going to bring in, you know, a, a new defensive coordinator, something that was going to shake things up on defense a little bit. 
But no, not only did he not get fired, he stays as defensive coordinator, gets another opportunity, but he gets another first round pick to work with. They draft Lucas Van Ness for him. It seems like Eric Stokes and Rashawn Gary are making good progress and hopefully are going to be back from injury sooner rather than later and really only lost three players on defense, Adrian Amos, Jerron Reed, and Dean Lowry, all of which you know, basically graded in the negative, at least combined. I think Jerron Reed had a slight positive grade last year, but Dean Lowry was a negative and Adrian Amos was a pretty significant negative a season ago. So not only do you get your job back, but you get another first round pick on your defense and you didn't lose a ton in free agency either. This has the ability to once again, be a very talented defense if Joe Barry can get the most out of them. And for a coach that was not sure if he was going to get retained, I'm sure he was a little bit on pins and needles as to whether or not he was still going to be in Green Bay in 2023 to get the job back, to get another opportunity and to get another pretty significant weapon at your disposal and probably some good injury news overall on where Stokes and Gary are at at this point. I don't know how this would be characterized as anything other than a major win if you are Joe Barry as well. So Jordan Love, Joe Barry, number one and number two on my list. Number three is for a different reason, and that's Romeo Dobbs. He has had a fantastic offseason so far. He has been, you know, not only did he go down with, you know, Jordan Love and, and train with him and work out with him, which he's done in the past, but that connection has really seemingly come together. As Rob Domovsky wrote, like Jordan, or Jordan has been targeting Romeo Dobbs in pretty much every situation possible. Red zone, 11 on 11, 7 on 7. It has not mattered. Romeo Dobbs has been the guy for him so far. They've built that rapport. And I was, as I've been talking about, I've been going through my rewatch of 2022. There's a clip in week two when the uh, Packers are playing, I think it was the Packers were playing the, the Bears in week two. And yeah, it was, it was Sunday night football. It was Chris Collinsworth. And he, they were talking, or he was talking about a conversation that he had had with the Packers. And he said in week two, he's like, they talk about Romeo Dobbs. Like he's got some similar releases at the line of scrimmage to Devonte Adams. Like there were those in the Packers organization that was already super impressed with his release game at the line of scrimmage, even comparing him, going as far as to compare him to Devonte Adams in some capacity going back to week two of last season. And then in week three, it was against Tampa. He had like seven or eight catches in that game. Like he had started gangbusters and then got a little bit hurt as the season went along. And the step up already has been significant as well. Matt LaFleur has been effusive in his praise for Romeo Dobbs. He has been, everything is advertised. Like the, the, news that you are getting from minicamp and OTAs where he's going up and making plays and beating corner. Like it has been legitimate and it has been really fun to watch. Now, how that translates and just how big of a step he can take will remain to be seen. And that's going to take a lot on Romeo Dobbs's part to make sure that that transitions into Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, etc. But this has been a fantastic offseason so far for Romeo Dobbs. And I would definitely characterize him as one of the huge winners as well. Number four is Luke Musgrave. And this is a player who in college did not get a ton of playing time in part due to the offense that they were running in part due to some of the injuries that he had. He was projected to be a second round pick, but he goes early second round, which I think is a very big win for Luke Musgrave. He goes to a spot where he gets to compete for the number one tight end job and then basically throw that out the window because it doesn't seem like he's competing for the number one job at all. It seems very much like he has the number one job. Add on top of that, that he has been fantastic in rookie minicamps and minicamps and OTAs that they have made him the de facto number. Like Lucas Van Ness, the number one overall pick is still working with like the second and third team. Like they have not bumped him up much. He has gotten very limited snaps at the one so far. 
Lucas, yeah, sorry, Luke Musgrave, immediate number one tight end. So this has been an impressive offseason for him. His draft spot had to be a win for him. And then the fact that he goes to a team where he can immediately be the number one tight end, and then he comes and so far is balled out at that spot, a huge win for Luke Musgrave as well. Number five is another rookie, and it's Anders Carlson. Anders Carlson wasn't somebody that was guaranteed to be drafted. So the fact that as a kicker, you get drafted in the sixth round, it's a pretty big win. And then, you know, he goes to Green Bay, who did already have a kicker on the roster, and some were wondering if they were going to bring back Mason Crosby. They don't bring back Mason Crosby. They release the only other kicker on the roster. And now you go from, am I going to get drafted? Or then number two, am I going to have to prove myself and show that I'm capable? He's the only kicker on the roster. And Rich Basaccia spoke highly of him and I think is is really the, the engine that got Anders Carlson to Green Bay. So his special teams coach seems to like him already. And then, you know, oh, by the way, he made 11 out of 12 of his kicks in the, the portions that were open to the media at mini camps as well. So not only did he get drafted, I think higher than a lot of people expected, but he has no competition right now in Green Bay. He looks to be the kicker and he's kicked really well in mini camps as well. So it has to be a win for him also. Number six on my list has to be Keyshawn Nixon for a variety of reasons. He parlayed a second half special teams kick return duty into a legitimate first team all pro, which turned into a legitimate one year, $5 million contract. This is a player that got the bare, bare, bare minimum in his contract a season ago. They literally could not have paid him any less. They gave him $0 in guaranteed money. And he parlayed that in, in a successful 2022, played a little bit of corner, played a little bit of spe- or a lot of special teams, became a first team all pro kick returner and parlayed that into a five year, a one year, $5 million deal, excuse me. But not only that, he is now projected to be the number one slot corner in Green Bay. He has looked the part there. I'm super excited to see what he's going to do in that role. He still is projected to be Green Bay's number one kick returner and should get the you know a, an opportunity to be that guy throughout the season. Punt returner he may have a little competition with, with Jaden Reed. But overall, this has been a win for Keyshawn Nixon. He gets the contract. He stays with the Packers. He's going to be the full-time kick returner. He's going to be the full-time nickelback. Has a chance to still earn the punt return job as well. That is a big offseason. Still a special teams ace on Rich Passaccia's staff. So this is a big year for Keyshawn. I think he has the ability to earn way more than the one-year $5 million he just got if he has a good season this year at defensive back and on the special teams and kick returning, et cetera. But huge win for Keyshawn Nixon with what he was able to get, not only from a contract standpoint, but on defense and special teams as well, and the role that he is going to assume in 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday podcast, we're all about look good, play good. And that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses, and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly, and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them, and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Next on my list is Lucas Van Ness. This is a player that was you know, pretty raw coming out of college. I know there's the whole didn't start thing, but he played a decent amount of snaps, but this is still a high upside play. There was some questions at times if he would ultimately end up being a first round pick. Well, he blew that out of the water, right? Not only a first round pick, but a top 15, you know, first round pick, a top 15 pick in the draft. He goes to a team that I think fits him extremely well. The system fits him well. He's going to have a chance to potentially start at edge if Rashawn Gary's not ready to start the season. Even if not, he's going to have a huge role on defense as a rotational edge rusher and as a rotational defensive lineman. He's completely looked apart so far. Strong, fast, physical, extremely, extremely athletic, and has held up against the run, has showed some flashes in the passing game. Is being you know been able to get to the quarterback, just everything that you want to see from your rookie first round pick that you picked in the top fifteen of the draft. Lucas Van Ness has been that so far, and you know for from a Green Bay side of things, it's a great thing that they were able to get that deal with Aaron Rodgers done uh, with to the Jets and move up two spots. Because if they didn't, I'm not sure Lucas Van Ness ends up in Green Bay. So huge win for the Packers, huge win for Van Ness, and he has been as advertised so far. Number eight on my list is Rich Basaccia right? So this might seem like a weird one, but Basashia got kind of everything. He did lose Mason Crosby, but he got to basically handpick Mason Crosby's successor, and they were able to go out and get Anders Carlson, somebody that Basashia had really liked in uh, the draft process. They go out and they find potentially their long-term long snapper in Matt Orzik. They didn't sign anyone in free agency, but they signed a long snapper for Basashia. He gets competition at long snapper and at punter. They bring in Broughton Hatcher as a long snapper. They bring in Daniel Whelan as a punter, and they give competition to the two incumbents, or at least the you know, the one incumbent in uh, Pat O'Donnell and the new you know long snapper in Matt Orzik. They re-sign Keyshawn Nixon, the first team All-Pro kick returner, and one of his special teams aces. They re-sign Rudy Ford, a special teams ace. They re-sign Dallin Levitt. They re-sign Corey Ballantyne. They re-sign Eric Wilson. All of these guys, Rich Passaccio 101 players, the guys that he wants as the core of his special teams. They sign Trevarius Moore, who is a core special teams player. They draft Jaden Reed, who has legitimate punt return ability. Like, I'm not sure what more you could possibly want as a special teams coach. I guess you could argue from Passaccio 
his standpoint that he was in the running for the Colts head coaching job. So he didn't get that and is still just a special teams coach. So if you want to look for a negative, I guess that would be it for Basaccio. But as far as coming back to Green Bay, this has been a concerted effort by the Packers in the front office to give this special teams weapons and, and players that they need to be successful. It happened again, and they really surrounded Basashi with the players that he needed. I'm sure the guys that he wanted, and there is a true core of special teams players on this roster now. Number nine on my list is TJ Slayton and Devontae Wyatt collectively. You have Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry gone. They do draft Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks in the fourth and sixth rounds, respectively. So it's not like they didn't address this position at all. But the reason that you're comfortable with Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry leaving is because you know you have TJ Slayton and Devontae Wyatt ready to step up and play significant snaps. These two are going to see a huge increase in playing time this upcoming season. Green Bay is going to be counting on them to be you know, big time impact players on the interior of the defensive line. I talked about it yesterday. I think TJ Slayton is a big time sleeper to have a massive breakout season. Everyone's hoping the same is for Devontae Wyatt, first round pick from a season ago. All the talent, all the heart, all the energy, all the hustle just needs to put it all together and be a little bit more consistent with everything. But I expect these two to have breakout seasons. They've looked good in camp so far, collapsing the line, uh, you know, the line of scrimmage and pushing it into the backfield a little bit or resetting the line of scrimmage, I guess I should say. But overall, a big win for them with Lowry and Reed gone, getting more playing time and they've made the most of it so far in camp as well. Number 10 on my list is Brian Gutekinst. There are a lot of idiots out there, me, myself, uh, who thought that, hey, maybe Brian's not going to get a lot in an Aaron Rodgers trade. Like maybe it's only going to be, you know, a, a second round pick, or maybe it's only going to be something small in return because of the contract. Brian milked that thing for everything it was worth and deserves all the credit in the world for being able to move up in the first round get a early second rounder this year and likely a first rounder next year, or even if that doesn't, they're still going to get probably a pretty good second round pick in return at worst. I thought this was a masterclass by Brian Gutekinds, you know, being able to get in return what he did for a, you know, a player who had an insane contract like Aaron Rodgers, who was coming off one of the toughest seasons of his career. So to get that in return for the Jets, for a player who might only play for the Jets for one year, it's probably going to be more than that. But I just thought that was phenomenal work by Goodies. I didn't think he was ever going to be able to get that much. He did. He held out. He struck when the iron was hot. He set the deadline, made sure that they got their picks prior to the draft. They were able to get Lucas Van Ness because of it. You know, they're likely able to get Luke Musgrave because of it as well. So like that is a huge, huge coup for Brian Gutekinds, but it's even more than that. The draft picks have been extremely promising so far. How that translates into, you know, when the pads come on and into games, well, there's a lot of work to be done there. But overall, the early returns have been extremely positive on this draft class. And his guy from a couple of years ago, the guy that he selected as the successor, Jordan Love, is going to officially get his opportunity to be the starting quarterback in Green Bay. So gets the Jets trade done, gets, I think, as much as you could possibly expect in return, has a promising draft with some of those you know picks that he acquired as well. And now he's going to get to see if his chosen quarterback can ultimately be a success in Green Bay. One bonus one for you. The other player that I think is a winner this offseason is Aaron Rodgers. And I know he is not a Green Bay Packer. I know he's a New York Jet. I know we don't want to talk about him all that much. I get it. I've said it all along. The Packers needed to do this deal, but also Aaron Rodgers needed this deal. 
you can tell how happy he is. You can tell how rejuvenated he is. It was just best for everyone. And I'm happy to see that Aaron Rodgers seems very happy in his new digs in New York as well. I think this is going to work out well for everyone. That's that's what you should want in a trade, right? You should want that every party is satisfied and happy in the end. If I had to ask Green Bay in their front office if they're happy with what they were able to do in that trade right now, I think they would be thrilled. I think if you asked the New York Jets, are they happy with what happened in that trade right now? I think they would say they're thrilled. If you asked Aaron Rodgers right now if he's happy to be in New York and if they're happy, if he's happy with the trade, I think he'd tell you he's thrilled. That is the art of a perfect deal. I think all sides are extremely happy right now. Now, how long that will last for everyone and if the Packers are going to be satisfied, if Aaron Rodgers is winning a bunch of games in New York and the Packers really struggle this season and Jordan Love doesn't look like he has it, that could change things in Green Bay. For the Jets, if all of a sudden Aaron, you know, with his age falls apart a little bit, doesn't work out and things get really messy in New York. Meanwhile, the Packers using all those draft picks that the Jets got them and now the Jets owe their first rounder next year, things can get really dicey in New York really fast. And Aaron, things don't go extremely well with the Jets and all of a sudden he's not happy in New York, whatever the case may be. Like there are downsides to all of this, but I think if you were to pull all three of them right now, I think all of them would be thrilled. And like I said, that's exactly what you want out of a deal like that. So my bonus, I think Aaron Rodgers was a winner this offseason as well. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Just to recap really quick, my 10 winners plus one bonus for this offseason, Jordan Love, Joe Barry, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, Anders Carlson, Keyshawn Nixon, Lucas Van Ness, Rich Basaccia, TJ Slayton slash Devontae Wyatt, Brian Gutekinds, and the bonus Aaron Rodgers. I'll see you guys tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.